5-4-3-2-1. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. Okay, we've got a lot of good stuff on, on board for you, so let's get over to the news. I thought this was interesting. Royal Mail is doing delivery services up to nor the north. Let's see, the north. Let's see, yeah, up here. There's some islands called the Orkney Islands. You can see here's London. Here's basically Scotland and the UK and all that. And uh, it's way out there. And so they take ships and they deliver the mail now and then. But they, they're subject to tides and it takes them a while to get there. And so they're testing out this this it's look it's as big as a is a van i mean it's pretty good size little airplane but the advantage of the drone is is that it can fly in fog and bad weather which i think there's a lot of up there in the north sea so you know of all the things that i've seen done with drones this one's like the first one that really makes some sense right because it's you know it's out over the ocean we don't care if it loses power and loses some mail. I mean, we care, but we don't care like plowing into a building or something. You know, it's not like you're trying to make it run through urban areas. And so I think, you know, applause to Royal Mail. And then there's a bunch of stuff in the article about how eco-friendly they are. But, you know, I think it's sometimes more important that we just get the mail where it belongs. Okay, here was a good article from, P from Mail Shark about a pizzeria that's doing um, – QR codes on their digital and also on their uh, postcards, and they're coordinating that with MailShark. I don't know much about MailShark, but I, I um, happy to talk to Josh Davis. Happy to have him on. Um, uh, let's find out what's different about him, of course. But what I liked about it. Now, this unfortunately just goes over to MailShark, which isn't very interesting. Um, he, there were some good points that he made. One was use a dynamic code. I talked with a printer, and they were working with a college, and uh, they they had a QR code on the mailer, but the college put the QR code on there. And I said, well, then they were saying, well, now after the fact, can we um, can we after the fact can we track it? I said, well, sure. Is it a dynamic QR code? They said, well, what's that mean? Uh, I said, well, that means that when the QR code you know, when your phone reads the QR code, before it gives you the page that it's you're looking for, it loops through some tracking site and then over to get the stuff and brings it back. And so uh, every time someone clicks the QR code, we get a little tick on the report that says they used it. And uh, I, they said, how do you tell? I said, oh, it's quite easy. Um, what website does it show you? In the URL line, if it shows you the college directly, then it's probably not uh, dynamic. If it shows you some kind of bit.ly or some kind of shortened code, then it's probably a dynamic code. Um, and, and it's possible to do them together. It's possible to have like the name of the university and, the, and a dynamic code if you create them uniquely. And one of my um, partners in the WDMA... Um, market builders, they actually make available these codes for people so that you get a little more than just your, your you know, build, build yourself a QR code site tracking. Uh, and so we're talking to them about this kind of thing. Um, but anyway, that turned out the college didn't. Uh, the next thing was have a clear call to action. That was also missing. The other thing was that you can always also track 
by putting a pixel call onto a, basically an invisible picture onto a website uh, and a web page, and it's real easy to do. And that then tells that then tells where the where the inquiry came from, and um, that can also and it, and it can tie back to the uh, the address list, the mailing list of the people that participated. So there's a lot of ways to do it, but um, both are really good. And this is why I don't like the idea of just a QR code. I don't like the idea of a fancy QR code. Now, some fancy ones down in here. I would prefer that you just keep them looking like a QR code because people have learned to recognize it. Now, they don't have to be anywhere near this big. Uh, they can be quarter inch square if you if they if you want, but um, you know some people say, well, let's embed the let's put the QR code in every picture. Well, the problem with that is is that you've got to then download a special app, and that's what killed QR codes in the beginning. Is that no phones had the ability to read the QR code without a special app, and the percentage of people who were willing to stop. When they saw the QR code and download the special app, it was always available. You always could do it. Um, but they were not like nil. A very small percentage would do both steps. Okay? So keep it, keep it simple. Put it in the picture, but put it in the picture in a recognizable way. You, you can easily draw QR attention to your QR, QR code using a colorful border or et cetera, et cetera. You can add your logo. All of that probably detracts from the response but you can test it and that's what I like about this article test and retest and I like that that's the key try it both ways see what happens or try and see what your response rate is without the QR code you know even before even before COVID we were getting a 15 or so percent lift just by having the QR code as opposed to a uh, a link now also I also believe that you should put a typeable link because sometimes people are looking at the postcard this happened to me the other day uh, they're looking at the postcard they're sitting at their computer what can you do you pull out your phone look at your phone look at where it goes and then you want to look at it at your computer send a link to your computer it's like just give me the give me the URL if I'm at, if at, a, at a keyboard so that's another thing that you can try. But test and retest is the key to knowledge. That just is. And direct marketing is the way to do it. Now, this is from Summer Gould. But I have to admit, in spite of the fact that I'm a data guy, and in spite of the fact that I worked on address standardization with the Postal Service, with the main people who were working on it, because we were also working with Postal Soft software, and uh, helping them with their C language uh, utilities. And we were the first, as far as we know, to be able to, to handle U.S. and uh, Canadian addresses and be able to tell the difference and, and uh, match code them appropriately uh, with the totally different zip codes. Um, we built that for PostalSoft. But anyway, but once, you, once it's done, it's done, you know. And... Um, so when you're done and you pull the names, you send them to NCOA and, and National Change of Address, uh, and uh, or this is National Change of Address. Address Change Services is a free service. Um, well, anyway, there's a bunch of these, and usually I just let my service bureau do it. You know, we send them off to Epsilon or 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 Experian or or 
something else, PMX, and they just do it. So Summer knows about this because Summer actually must handle it, and we do handle it, but basically we send it off and get it done. Um, and so because it's very, very inexpensive or free. Um, but here's lots of information, and I don't always mention this, but if you go over to WDMA, uh, you can subscribe for free, and you will uh, be able to get the show notes. Every day I post the show notes, and I let people know what's what up there. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye.